Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on a very warm screened porch. It is evening time. I had to once again wait for the cicada chorus to subside. It is so warm, but uh, it is still summer, even though it's just after Labor Day when folks think the start of fall begins. In fact, I saw pumpkins stacked outside the market yesterday, baking in the sun. Oh my goodness. But along with the summer, late summer, comes the anticipation of fall flowering perennials that are actually already in bloom. And I look forward to sharing a story about those, especially one with an undeserved bad reputation. Hmm, shall I spill the beans on which one? Why not goldenrod with the sunny fuzzy flowers in their glory this time of year? But before we share that story, I'd like to thank those who reached back after last week's chat. Moths and bats are beautiful too. There were many laughs after Kurt's strategy to encourage the lone barn bat to move on. I guess he didn't like the pantyhose. (laughs) Anyway, I adore watching them flitting about at dusk, eating mosquitoes and gnats I call noceums. Is there such a bug, noceums? Maybe a question to ask Mary. (laughs) So on to this week's story about goldenrod and other fall flowering beauties that starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. As we approach the home stretch of the gardening season, many gardens grow tired, mine especially so, as the poor things suffer from neglect. Busy tending to other folks' gardens is my not-so-perfect excuse. Thankfully, there are late-season bloomers I rely on to lift the drab and weedy. Rising high is Jopai weed, Eupatorium, a tall native plant seen roadside in the sun or part shade that makes a beautiful backdrop. Eupatorium meticulatum gateway, commonly sold in nurseries, has volleyball-sized purplish-pink flowers August through September on top of five- to seven-foot maroon stems. They are so lovely, blowing in the wind. Some warn their prolific spreaders by self-seeding. I prefer to say they're robust, especially in damp soil. Plus, butterflies and hummingbirds love them. There's the variety Eupatorium virgosum chocolate with burgundy foliage that blooms white. There are smaller varieties of Joe Pie weed, such as Little Joe, which only grows four feet, and Baby Joe, a bit over two. Another deer-resistant late bloomer is Ligularia, also known as Ragwort. Mine is Brit Marie Crawford, with large reddish-brown glossy leaves and orangey-yellow flowers, standing about three feet in part shade. She also prefers damp soil and blooms from August through September. Each fall I marvel over the swamp sunflower, Helianthus augustifolius, also called the narrow-leaf sunflower with yellow daisy-like flowers. It's on my to-do list to plant them. Many varieties stand a stately six feet or more, but first light stays only four feet. Swamp sunflower is another moist soil lover that flowers best in full sun, though part sun and well-drained soil is fine with weekly watering. How about sun lovers like sneezeweed, helenium, which looks like small red, yellow, and orange cone flowers? 
Despite the common name, sneezeweed doesn't make you sneeze. The same is true of goldenrod, saladago, which has a bad reputation for causing allergies, but it's ragweed, which is ambrosia, and mugwort, artemisia vulgaris, to blame. In fact, there's a story, a long-ago story, titled Goldenrod's Bad Reputation that explains the differences of all those, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and maybe at the end of this we'll have a little bit of time to talk about it further. There's a fireworks goldenrod that stands about three to four feet tall, and a golden fleece, which is the one I have in my rock garden that I just adore, a cute little 18 inches. Both are sturdy, non-invasive, and full of brilliant yellow fall blooms. In fact, the golden fleece one is semi-evergreen, so it becomes a wonderful ground cover that helps squelch out all my weeds. (laughs) Very handy. The above-mentioned fall flowering perennials are the perfect additions for weary gardeners looking to pump up fall color in their tired gardens. That would be me, smiley face. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com After I wrote this story, Mike Niven, a high school buddy, naturalist, and bird photographer who lives in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, asked, Isn't goldenrod an aggressive grower that can push out other species? And is it invasive in certain situations? Mike sent an article by Chris Heltzer of the Nature Conservancy in Nebraska that explained, Although goldenrod is valuable to pollinators, there are places where it has squelched out favorable prairie grasses. But here's what else I dug up, Mike. The New Jersey Beekeepers Association lists goldenrod as a pollen source favored by bees from late August to early October. However, the University of Georgia Center for Invasive Species, invasive.org, lists the Canadian goldenrod, which is Saladago canadensis, the one you see around the streets here, as well as giant goldenrod, Saladago gigantea, as invasive. Though both are native to the United States, it never occurred to me that native plants could be considered invasive. That is so interesting, and as I learned more, there's some controversy about that. Goldenrod is on many lists as favorable plant for pollinators and erosion control. The New Jersey Audubon Society does not have goldenrod on its invasive plant list, nor does the New Jersey Invasive Species Strike Team. The same is true of the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, which writes, Invasive plants are those that are not native to an area, spread quickly, and cause economic or environmental harm, or harm to human health. How can my fuzzy favorite cause any harm? Then there's the Penn State's extensions list of recommended native plants for perennial gardens, which includes the showy goldenrod, and Rutgers University Cooperative Extension has gray goldenrod as a native plant to include in your garden. So in the show notes, there will be a link to the column that will have links to those stories and those lovely plants. I hope you look through it. It is such a joy to... Look at all these beautiful plants. So rather than invasive, think of goldenrod as opportunistic, was a headline in the story. In fact, the USDA maintains a list of federally recognized noxious weeds. Per the Federal Plant Protection Act, they are plants that can injure or cause damage to crops, including nursery stock, livestock, poultry, or other agriculture, natural resources of the United States, public health, or the environment. And goldenrod is not on their list. However, they define opportunistic native plants as those able to take advantage of disturbance to the soil or existing vegetation to spread quickly and outcompete other plants 
on the disturbed site. I agree goldenrod can be opportunistic, but you can't blame the beauty. And while it seems true that there may be too much of a good thing, essential pollinators, including our at-risk honeybees, don't think so. Garden dilemmas? Ask MaryStone.com. So anyway, it was fun to visit these old stories and combine them together. And uh, as I witnessed the goldenrod, sunny little presence along the road in my rock garden, squelching out my late season weeds, they bring me such happiness. As does our visit each week on the screen porch. I so enjoy our time together and I hope you have as well. And if so, please share the podcast with a friend or two so more can join us in learning and growing in the garden of life. Thanks so much. See you next time on the screen porch. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.